Hey everyone, I'm Matt. And I'm Steven. And you're listening to Code Talk with Matt and Steven. Where we sit around chatting about code and stuff. Alright, welcome to Code Talk episode 16. Uh, this is the first recording of 2018, so Happy New Year everyone. Happy New Year. Um, Happy New Year, Matt. Happy New Year to you. It's beautiful outside, man. It's we were just talking about this before we started recording, but it snowed today uh, down here in uh, in different parts of uh, the upstate of South Carolina, which um, you know for us is is very special. You know, I think this this year is interesting. It's the third snow of the season, I think. Yeah, um, it's kind of rare. Yeah, well, we used to get like one snow every three or four years, and now it seems. Yeah, now we're getting three in in the same year. You know, it's kind of weird. It's climate change. It's, it's screwing shit up. We get like hot summers, crazy storms, and then all of a sudden we get snow more. So whatever. Um, but yeah, did you have a good New Year's? New uh, How's the year been treating you so far? Oh yeah, really good. Really good so far. Enjoying it. So I feel invigorated. Reinvigorated? I feel good. I'm looking forward to this year. I know we talked about our goals and everything and, and um I'm looking forward to it. In fact, I'm 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 trying to nail down uh, one of my goals for 2018 that I mentioned last time um, was I I, will, I want to be a mentor to someone. I'd love to mentor uh, this year. And I even talked to my coach at work. I was like, well, how do you actually become a mentor? You know, like how do you find a mentee? Uh, so we talked about that a little bit. But then actually, since I put that out there on Twitter, that that was one of my goals. Um, I was approached. Uh, by uh, by someone to be a mentor for uh, SC Codes. They're they this year um, this spring they're doing a uh, a PHP track for their advanced students, the oh, students nice. who have already graduated. Um, and so I'm I'm hoping to be a part of that. I've committed to it. Uh, and I think they're just working out the details of it now. So cool. Very yeah, cool. I'm excited. Um, but in that actually, this will be a good talk for the, hopefully some of those some of those students will be able to listen. Um, so today. We're going to talk about the uh, the new developer, mm-hmm. and so Matt, you kind of had this idea, right? So you want to kind of maybe just kind of explain to me what you're thinking, and we'll just start chatting. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> and I guess what I mean by the new developer, I mean you know when we started uh, to be a developer to get in the business was is completely different than it is now. So now I feel like we need to know a lot more. So I figure we talk about you know what what it takes to be a developer now, what it takes, what it used to take to be a developer, the good old days and, you know, how we think the future is going to change for developers, you know, what, what expectations, you know, we might see in the future for a developer. Cool. So. Well, I remember when, when I started out um, programming, I mean, I started out with, with flash and stuff and that was all self-contained, but with HTML on the web, um, I started out with image ready and everything you had to take, right. You took Photoshop, you know, it took, you know, made the design, put it into image ready, you made your slices. You could export the HTML and, and, you know, the, uh, the, what were the image maps, you know, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we hand wrote tables. CSS was, um, it was just styling. You couldn't do animations with, it. you couldn't do a lot of layout with it. Um, but you know, we had Dreamweaver, we had stuff like that. I used Coda a lot, but there were there weren't a lot of good IDEs for that. 
that would do like type hints and, and uh, you know, suggestions and all this other stuff for you. Yeah. Well, I think things were a bit simpler back then. I mean, I think as a developer, um, most of the time, you know, HTML was pretty simple. You still had to mess with tables, which was terrible, but you know, the requirements of, I guess, interactivity, UI, UX stuff was, was much simpler. You had a sidebar, you had your main page, you had forms. Um, nothing was really dynamic. It was more, I mean, it was dynamic in that, you know, you saved a page, it went back to the server, you know, it saved, you know, to the post, come back, you had errors, whatever. That's about it. You know, very minimal UI interactions and, and things like that. I mean, you didn't, you didn't need to do all that. And I feel like, you know, in the past, you know, you also had, um, you also had different people for different things. I mean, it was very typical that you had a front end person, you know, you had a designer slash maybe a designer slash front end person, you know, in a small group, but sometimes those would even be split up. You'd have the designer, you'd have the front end person, you'd have the back end person, and then you'd have uh, the server, you know, the server management person. Or, yeah. You know, I don't think DevOps really existed back then. So you had sysadmin or whatever. And that was, you know, that was pretty typical. Like you didn't have to say, hey, I, uh, you know, what you need to know now to get started. You didn't have to know all that. You just had to have kind of, you know, kind of an area of expertise. Yeah. Well, things were, like you said, things were simpler, you know, especially on the front end of stuff because, you know, we had think you know in part in part thanks to slower computers, slower browsers, less memory, you know, stuff like that was more expensive, slower internet, you know, and so you you yeah. you were limited because of 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 the resources available. But now that you know memory's cheap, you know, internet's faster, these computers are just faster, that you know, browsers are just constantly coming up. What is it? Uh, Chrome is on a six week release, you know, cycle. Um, and so they're mm-hmm. constantly adding new features, updating stuff. So like we're, we're moving at a faster pace now. So there's so much to learn. Yeah. Um, and in fact, there's a great, I'm, I'm not going to try and uh, summarize it, but there's a great talk by Jeffrey Way uh, that I think he did at Laracon a few years back where he talks about the subject and he just starts like rambling off. It kind of sounds like the Billy Joel song, we, you know, we didn't start the fire where he starts rambling off all these things that like now you need to kind of know as a developer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an yeah. extensive list, but, um, yeah, there's a lot to know, but like, why do you think we went to the Jack of all trades, you know, instead of having the one, you know, person, is it just, is it cheaper for everyone to kind of figure it out and learn it? Or is it, I think, like, what do you think? I think it was the recession. So back in 2008, I know we mentioned this a lot, but back in what, 2008, 2009, the, um, the whole housing crash thing that happened. Um, you know, so many people lost their jobs. We had such a high employment, you know, unemployment rate. Um, and even in our field, even though, you know, the web and all that initially, you know, a lot of people lost their jobs, but it was probably one of the first ones to bounce back. But during that time, you know, you'd be at a job and half the staff is gone right? At least. So, but all the work was still there. So you had people, so you had people, you had to either say, okay, I want to keep my job because everybody was just happy to have a job at that point. So in order to keep your job, you had to pick up the slack for all the people that were now missing. And I feel that for employers and for the industry, um, because everybody, they realized that, hey, this person can now do more, but 
even at that time, that's when that's about the time where cloud cloud, you know, cloud infrastructures and things like that were, were really starting to gain ground. Um, so we had more tools at that point in time to, to be able to um, set up servers and things like that. And, you know, it was, it was a lot simpler versus like, hey, got to go figure out how to do a bare metal server, learn Plex or what not, is it Plesk or something like that. Yeah, you know, you used to go do a VPC and it was just a big pain in the butt, right? You had to do it all by hand, you know. And so I feel like one, the tools were changing. That was really like the start of when tools were really changing as far as, um, you know, cloud computing, things like that. And then you had so many less people, you know, you had a lot less people to do the work. So everybody was just pitching in to, to get it done. So I think that changed the mindset of the whole of the whole thing. So you know, now instead of having individual people to do individual things the way things used to be, now we had people wearing multiple hats, you know, so. Yeah, I used to just throw everything on uh, like HostGator, you know, like a shared host. And we yeah. would, uh, you know, at small agencies, we would host everybody on that. It's because, you know, you, you'd get, uh, you know, pretty good resources or whatever, but you you didn't have to set up the servers. You know, they have the one-click installs for WordPress, yeah. stuff like that, um, your databases, everything had a GUI. But like, you're right. Like you had to wear more hats because there were less people, but at the same time, a lot of tooling, you know, started coming out and not just like tooling for, uh, you know, for profit or whatever. It was like people were creating things to make their lives easier. They were sharing it, you know, and now, like you said, with the cloud stuff, you know, we've got digital ocean, stuff like that. They make it, um, you know, stupid, easy and cheap you know, to get a server up and running. Yeah. And then you've got stuff, you know, like Taylor Otwell has Forge and Envoy and all of these like stupid easy tools that mean you just push your code up, you press a button, you can configure a server, you can do deployments with rollbacks. I mean, like all of these things now like exist. I mean, yeah, they cost money, but it just means mm-hmm. you don't have to know it, you know, the underlying technology of it. It just means that you now have these access to do these cool things, but they're all abstracted away and hidden behind right. um you know, these easy GUIs. And I also believe around that time was the beginning of web 2.0, HTML5, CSS 2 slash 3. Like that's when all that stuff, you know, where, where the focus on like web design really changed from like the static blocky sites to, you know, things with rounded edges and lots of UI interaction, Ajax calls. That's probably jQuery at, you know, at the top of the list for everything. That's, you know, everybody was using jQuery to, uh, you know, to post back and, you know, Ajax calls and, you know, everything. That was the start right about then. So not only were you with less people, you had more tooling to do some of these things by yourself, but you also started learning all these new fundamental changes in, in how, how the web works. So it's like all this happened at the same time. And I feel like people were, or developers were able to just kind of, they had to, they had to learn it they had to grasp it and they had to start building, you know, to these requirements now. And I think that really changed everything. I think some of it too was, is with, with the nature of our industry, it's easy to do what we do. To an extent, like, right, like anybody can learn to program. They can teach themselves. They can, there's plenty of resources out there, books, online tutorials, Laracasts is, a you know, for PHP and, yeah. and even server management, all like all this stuff, like JavaScript, 
you know, that they're all there. They're these great tools and these great resources. So anyone can learn to do it. And then because of that, anyone can start a business or anyone can go out and get a dev job. Right. And so you have a lot of little shops, you know, one, two, three man, you know, shops. And it means that like you can get paid to do this stuff. You know, you can ship it, you can do it. And then that means because you can do these things. Well, then now, oh, well, now I've made a website. How do I launch it? How do I support it? How do I do this? So you then, that creates a requirement for you to have to go learn something else. And I think actually you made a good point there. There, um, at that point in time is when that, that kind of stuff started happening, people started looking, losing their jobs. So they started starting their own businesses and it was great. You know, I think for, for them it was great because, you know, Hey, I could work from home, live cheap, you know? Um, but I think the other thing that happened that was bad about it was that not all these, you know, it really undervalued um, experience at that point in time. And I think we're finally getting back to the point where, you know, you would choose a, a developer now for experience, not so much, Hey, you're a developer. Yeah. You, know, you every, every de- developer can do the same thing. So, and I think there was, there was a rough time there where everybody was fighting and, and bidding very low. And sometimes the lowest bidders would win, but they usually couldn't do the job because they were missing because everybody was learning new things at that point in time. So you lost your job, you knew you had to learn all these other things. You were taking on new work, trying to learn it. You either didn't finish the project. There was, I remember, you know, I worked for a small firm at that time. So we got so many jobs from people or from companies that they hired, they hired another, somebody who started their business or a freelancer or someone like that, that they started the project, maybe got halfway through and they couldn't finish it. Like they just didn't have that knowledge. And I really don't see that anymore because I feel like this kind of segues into the new developer that to be a developer. Now you have this, you have to know a lot more and the tools from then and now are, you know, they're much easier (laughs) at this point in time. But I I feel like, I think as a developer, you you now is kind of like, as you're growing as a developer, you have all these, uh, well, not only tools, but you also have the information, things like Laracasts and I don't th- is Linda still around? Yeah. Lin- Linda, Linda still around. plus Tuss plus. Yeah. That's where um, I got my start. In. Yes. Um, Thanks again, Jeffrey. Yeah. That was- <laughs> so we have all those things now, I guess, uh, what is site point? I mean, there's, there's a ton of them now. So, um, and they help. And usually I think, I feel like a lot of the tutorial or a lot of the courses in those, you know, they, they touch on just about everything now because those are, you know, now you need to understand the CLI. Now you need to actually know the fundamentals of, of hosting, you know, now you need to know not only JavaScript, but enough of it to understand different kinds of frameworks. So, you know, jQuery isn't really a, is usually, I guess it's avoided now. I think if you're starting a project and, you know, if you went to somebody and said, yeah, let's use jQuery, people would probably give you the, ooh, uh, maybe no. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's kind of a, a bad thing to do nowadays, I guess. Um, but is it? I mean, so. like the thing is, I think I think part of the problem is, is that – a lot of these people, like you said, I mean, this is 2018. It's been nine years since the recession started. And um, and 
and a lot of those people who did come up as junior developers, you know, like ourselves um, during that time, and we had to learn all this, and we did, you know, created these toolings, you know, and these libraries and everything. I think we're part of the problem of telling the new developers what all of the, that they they need to know all of this. You know, I think we make it intimidating. I think it's like, you know, oh, you need to know this framework. You need to know that. I mean, think about it as from a developer standpoint now, right? Like you want to make a website. Well, generally there's a, a build process involved now, right? You, you got to like Webpack or Gulp or Grunt or something because that's what you've been told you need to do. That's what the tutorials say. Um, and with that, you don't use just CSS anymore, right? You've got, you don't have the one CSS file. You modularize everything. You break it out. You use SAS, um, you know, for your pre-processing style so that way you don't have to copy paste, you know, or find and replace. Um, you break all your JavaScript apart, you know, and you use a framework like uh, uh, like Vue or React or all these other things that you've been told you have to, you know, learn because you can't use jQuery. You can't just have a file, you know, and, you know, throw the include in um, into the header of your file, uh, your HTML file now. Now you have kind of bundle them all together and minify it and do all the other. So there's a lot you have to do before you can even get started on a project. You know, which we do have some generators yeah. out there that do help you kind of bootstrap this stuff out. But there's still a lot to learn, you know, to get started on. And I'm like, why can't you just get in there and just start coding and then add these things incrementally, you know, as you need. And I think for certain sites, like jQuery is just fine. You know, um, I think you have to you have to be oh, yeah. aware. I think the thing for junior devs is to dabble in a lot, you know, play with a lot of different technologies, be aware of them. Um but start with start small. Start with what you need, and then you know add more complex things in as you need that, as the requirement um, is there. Because you know sometimes React might be better over Vue, or you know in cer- certain simple cases you might just need to pull in uh, a small you know um, uh, small file or some bit of information from the server via AJAX. In which mm-hmm. case, too, you maybe you don't want to use jQuery. Maybe you actually just want to use plain JavaScript because a lot of those cross-browser things are not existent. So you could just, you know, figure out how to do that with just JavaScript, you know. Um, so you don't need all of these things. A lot of times I think it's fluff and we make things more complicated uh, than than they yeah. need to be. Yeah. And some, I don't know if it's to make ourselves feel more superior or, or if we have, you know, we think that that's actually what it is or what. I'm not sure. You know, I, I think you're right. I think, you know, as you're learning, you definitely want to start off simple. You don't want to go jump into React or Vue and you don't understand JavaScript, right? JavaScript is, is, a, is actually a really fun language, but until you understand all the, you know, scopes and things like that with JavaScript, how to interact with it, kind of vanilla, you know, uh, you know, then, then you can move on to the magic of things like Vue because then by that point in time, you've struggled you've struggled with, you know, the things like Vue or React or the, the problems that they solve. And in most cases, I don't see, I don't know, I could see Vue for a single page website maybe. I don't see React but for anything but probably more enterprise applications or larger, you know, SaaS products. But I guess I'm going on a tangent. I think what I'm trying to say is that, yes, I agree with you. Like I think starting simple, simple understanding the languages, but I do feel that, you know, now you have things like node and everybody's like, Oh, well you should just do node and no SQL. And you know, this is the way you should be doing it. And um, then they're like, Oh, PHP's PHP's bad Java, you know, uh, Python's the best, whatever, 
you know, <laughs> it, it's hard to, to say, okay, I feel bad for picking this one language and kind of going with it. Um, so I think now would actually kind of be a good time. It's like, what is it you need to know? Like if you were starting off at a develop as a developer and you were looking for a job to get your foot in the door, you know, what is it that you need to know? And, and I can start this off and I, I believe to me, you need to understand probably you, you're going to have to pick a route. You're going to go, you're going to go the Microsoft route or you're going to go the open source route, like Linux, you know, the lamp stack. Um, to me, I think if I was starting off and starting off on my own, probably pretty broke, probably be going lamp stack. Then I'd probably, you'd have to learn at least enough about Linux to be able to understand how the, how the file structure goes how to move around, you know, through the command line. Um, because with that comes Git and you have to be comfortable with Git. So um, then I feel like you need to pick a language like that base language. Is it Node? Is it PHP? Is it Java? Is it, you know, whatever it is. So I think that can be really any choice. But I think requirements are, you know, of course, HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, I think is the other thing. You need to have that understanding of that. I think you're probably okay. And then you have to understand the whole, at least the the basics of kind of the request lifecycle for, you know, for, I guess for well, the request lifecycle. So, you know, Ajax, um, sorry, posts, gets, options, you know, things like that. Just understanding it at least in order to do CRUD and things like that. But I think that's really it. I don't really think you, you need to know everything. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Having a base language is good. Getting really proficient in it, uh, is, is key. Um, but like I said, I think if you want to be a software developer, I think learning the principles of software development, the core principles, you know, um, and just mm -hmm. because then you can carry those across any language. Right. Um, and then once you learn a language, it's all, yeah. they're all sharing common ancestor. They're all whatever, you know, they're, they're based on the same thing you can kind of, they're just syntactic sugars at that different types of sugar at that point. And you can switch between them, you know, uh, relatively easy once you get good at one. Um, and so I think, you know, just working on those core skills as a software developer. Um, but if you want to just do like web, de web development and get into that, like you said, you need to know HTML, CSS and JavaScript. So, you know, if you start doing interactive applications, you know, perfect, that's fine. You've known JavaScript from the front end. I'm totally fine. People going Node backend, you know, I, I don't necessarily like uh, Node as the backend choice. Um, but if you already know JavaScript and you're still going to get started, at that point, you get get paid. You know, there's no point in you, you know, spending all of this time to learn PHP or Python or Java. Like, just fire up Node, you know, use the language you know, and then keep moving on it, you know, and yeah. you become more proficient in it. And then as the, the, you know, the needs, again, of the project um, or of your career change and the requirements change, uh, you know, then change with it, right? Like PHP might be appropriate in some places, Python and others, um, Go or Java or whatever. Like, I mean, we make those decisions at work um, all the time. We've got, we're starting to do a lot of things in microservices and it's like, you know, in sometimes it's going to be high availability um, and it's a Java application, you know, it makes sense. Other times it's, you know, this makes more sense to be PHP. We've got, you know, a node uh, based one um, via uh, 
you know, what is it? AWS Lambda um, and stuff like that. And so mm-hmm. it's like, you just pick the right technology for the requirement, but mm-hmm. they're all still centered around those software development core practices. Um, and so I think learning that, but also the, th- the main thing I think you need to learn as a new developer is, um, you know, like I said, take in all of these opinions, technologies and play around and so, but form your own opinions. Don't let people form them for you. You know, with people telling you, you know, you should be doing this. When someone says that, I immediately start tuning them out. Like, don't tell me what I should be doing. You know, I want to hear what you think I, you know, or, you know, what your opinion is. I want to hear what you think would be a, you know, a good choice or whatever. And I want to take all these different opinions and I want to formulate my own based on those. Uh, but, you know, there's there's a million ways to, to build a site and to build an application. Um, so do what works for you. Okay. Do what, uh, you know. And, you know, I, I like we talked before about native apps. I advocate for actually using the language relative, or, you know, native to the machine. But, you know, you want to use React Native with JavaScript. You want to use, uh, you know, a, a web app or something like that uh, with Electron. Like, that's fine. Ship it. Make your money. Go home. You know, and enjoy your life. So, when you think about the future, um, I think it's going to get more complicated. You know, I, <clears throat> I think it's going to get easier. Yeah. Actually, I think you're yeah. more of an optimist. Than I, and the reason I say that pessimist. Well, the reason I say that is I see, um, you see a lot of the tools that are available now, uh, things like Forge and. You can have a Roku and, and all these things. I think I think the, the problem we have now is that we have things like DevOps um, that are working towards automation, right? And then we have all these frameworks that are working towards making development of these app, you know, applications and websites much simpler. And I see those progressing to the point where um, let's say on, on the on the DevOps side. So right now, you know, if you if you're a small team, you know you you hire a new you either hire a contractor or you hire a, a you know you know a new developer somebody to join your team. You have to get them a computer. You have to set up all the dependency requirements. You know, pull down databases. You know that day and that day, day and then you have to go and fix all the stuff that just you know it worked three months ago, but nobody's you know everybody's been running fine, but you know just didn't notice it until you set up a new computer. So. You know, you know that there's always that process, right, of getting somebody's local environment or running. You know, so now we're starting to see. You know, I think Vagrant's kind of going up. You know, it's kind of not really part of the process anymore. I see a lot of people phasing that out. We see Docker coming through, but I think the thing I see here is <clears throat> Amazon. Of course, I'm a big fan of Amazon's AWS, um, and because of what they're doing, so they bought what cloud nine or something like that. So it's, it's a cloud-based um, IDE, right? And it's meant to integrate with all of their services. So, you know, I see the future of this is that kind of that DevOps kind of thing is like, you're going to be able to hire somebody, automate it, and you're going to be able to create a complete, you know, a development environment in the cloud that all they have to do is log in. <clears throat> all the resources are, are available to them. You know, they don't have to set up SSH keys. They don't have to set up VPNs. They don't have to do all that kind of stuff. Like you're going to, the actual 
you know, DevOps person, or in this case, I can actually see a, um, I don't know, some sort of software out there or some sort of product service that's going to set this all up for you. So you hire somebody new, you click a button, all their stuff is automated and they're ready to develop. They can develop on any machine, Windows, Mac, you know, Chromebook, tablet, you know what I mean? And I see that where, where development environments are going to get much simpler. I also see at that point where frameworks are going to be less about making a scratch code, you know, scratch applications, you know, uh, simpler, but more about instead of building, you know, building the credit every time for yourself, these, we're going to start seeing frameworks that are cloud-based in that you're, you're going to be building to a specific, like you might use a service, like, so you have this environment, then you're going to have all these, you can have a framework that's just for building APIs or something or services that you can click. It's all automated in the back end, and you just start coding. And again, you know, it's all managed not by you or the developer. It's managed by by the software. So I feel like things are actually going to get easier in the long run. You know, I don't know about front end stuff. I feel like that's going to stay complicated, but I feel like back end is actually. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and uh, completely agree with you on that. Um, you know, with, well, with the front end, you know, tooling is getting easier, you know, like uh, the build tools are getting really easy. You know, the, and even if you've got complicated yeah. stuff, you know, you've got interactive build steps and, you know, generators that take care of that for you. Um, your IDEs are getting smarter, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're cheap. You've got Atom that's free, you know, from GitHub. Um, and so you've got these, these tools that are, are there and they can be predictive and you can have people, you know, the community is giving back to it. Um, but like, yeah, you said, you, you know, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you here because I just want to pull up some stuff that we're going to link to in the show notes. But um, talk about the back end from the PHP side of things, man, freaking Laravel and Taylor Otwell. Like, first of all, Laravel came on the scene as a framework and just made it stupid easy to get a PHP site going. You know, before that, I mean, Symfony was the big right. one, but like I never really got into it because for me, it was just complicated to get, uh, you know, to get a hello world going. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't understand it. Um, I used code igniter because it was really easy but then it's very limited you know I, I think we've talked before about that and it's um you know i think it's kind of stale at this point but laravel really pushed things forward you know from a framework standpoint it made it really easy to do a lot of things that you um that you do in every application right like models and views and, and everything the routing yeah. um and then then they came along like i said with envoyer and forge i mean forge is for uh, you know, it's pain, like right here on their site, it says painless server management. You know, you can use, um, and I'm just going to read this stuff off. Everybody can go here, but you can do, you know, DigitalOcean, Linode, uh, AWS, or, you know, a custom one, but you can build these servers for you. It handles uh, scaling, um, configuration, cron jobs made simple. You can manage your workers, uh, your queue workers. You can do, <coughs> you can do subdomain management, SSL certificate management, all of these from a GUI, you know, these things, like you said, like these things that you mm-hmm. had to learn have from the command line before. And this is now like point and click, you know, for, and for someone like me, like I know you do a lot of DevOps right. stuff now, like, um, and you have in the past, but that's, I never did. I stuck with the shared host because that never clicked with me. I don't understand it. I like, I'm a visual learner. And and so something like Forge is, is great. I have not used it because I'm cheap. Um, and I exactly. only have like my own personal website at this point. And I'm like, I'm not gonna, 
I'm not going to pay this this fee to manage my own personal site that I never even update. Um, but uh, you, you bet your ass as soon as I come up with a cool idea for a side project, I'm, I'm going to fire this baby up and I'm going to pay the fee because I'm like, I'm not going to manage that. Um, and then even in, in, and then right. even the other thing right. here, like you talk about the frameworks being that you manage, um, you know, with Laravel again, you've got uh, Spark. Yeah. Have you, have you looked at Spark? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's for, I mean, it's got a bunch of like team management and, you know, business logic for billing and all kinds of stuff. So it's like kind of that base of you're building an app, you need to get paid for it. You know, here's all those basic yeah. things to get you started. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, I do. I, and that's cool. Cause, and it, yeah, it's yeah, just a simple, really cool. you know, um, f- license fee per, for, per instance or whatever. Right. And then it's, yeah. that's all the stuff that you have to build every time you're building yeah. an app and it's like, it's done for you. You just tweak it. Um, so yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I feel like as the future comes, it's going to be even easier to integrate that stuff. And you know, there's going to be services out there that kind of manage it for you. You don't have to download and install or do any of that stuff. There's going to be something out there that just, uh, I don't know that you're just going to be able to say, Hey, let me use this and done. And you just start coding and, you know, you just start coding the rest of it. And, you know, uh, I really feel like that's probably not next year or anything like that, but I say over the next five to 10 years, we're going to really, really see some uh, simplification in the coding, you know, coding environment deployment. We have, you know, things like continuous integration, you know, continuous deployment. I mean, all that stuff can be automated. You know, you push up a certain branch, it's got a certain tag, this thing happens, you know, all, you know, you know what I mean? It's like it, it can all, most yeah. of it can just be. I think automated. I'm just going to sit back and let uh, Taylor Artwell build all of these things for me. Just wait, yeah, just wait for it. Somebody <laughs> just wait for it. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think the future is bright. It's going to be easier, especially for someone like me that you know I want to write the code. I don't want to do all of the stuff that goes on into setting up the site. You know, yeah. I, you know I, I tried to build, I tried to rewrite the front end of. Um, a small side project that I, I did years ago. Um, it was a regular expressions uh, GUI called buildregex.com. Uh, and it was cool. It was all jQuery at the time. Um, and I wanted to rewrite it and do it all as a view. And I wanted to add features to it. So I started playing around in it. I lost interest the first night that I was doing it because to do it, to get it set up, um, even with the generator, I had to get like Webpack installed. I had to do all these other things. Like, I mean, tons of different like mm-hmm. node um you know, packages. And, and I was like, I'm just, I just want to build a site. You know, I just want to build this app. And I know once that's yeah. done and set up, I can just well, build the code, for- but to get it set up, I was like, I'm, I'm bored now. Yeah. Well, even for me, I do a lot of DevOps stuff and I have a lot of like libraries that I use to set all this stuff up. But still, even if I'm just like, you know what, I want to, I want to take this piece of something I'm building and turn it into a package it's still a pain, right? Cause I still have to create the Docker file, even though I have the, already have the images already ready, ready to go. Everything's slightly different. So you're configuring it and then you're, you know, and you're just like, yeah. And then you're like, okay, that night that you were like ready and gung ho to like, you know, start this project. You, you got the environment set up and you're like, cool. Yeah. I guess I'll and now I haven't it. touched it. You know, I don't know. Okay. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I've got other things I want to do. Yeah, I should do um, that. Yeah, I'll never get to them, but there are more ideas. Uh, yeah. Well, 
you've successfully made my outlook a little brighter. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a good talk, man. It's funny to look back to where things were when we started and, you know, where they are now and where they're going. Um, but I think these, this was a good exercise, especially if I'm going to help mentor some, some, you know, more junior level developers um, as they get started in their career and, um, and then work their way up. But yeah, I think for me, the, the takeaway is, you know, form your own opinions, do best software design practices and, but be aware and play with these things. You know, I still, at this point, I'm very locked into, you know, PHP is my specialty. I know JavaScript really well. I do all these other things, but I'm, the things I'm learning more are design patterns or, you know, other software principles, architectural patterns. But at the same time, I'm like, Ooh, some new shiny JavaScript library. I want to go play with that. Or this other PHP library. I want to play with that, you know, but then that, that way, whenever you are working somewhere and you, and, and you're doing a project and you come into a, you know, run into a problem, you're like, Oh, I played with this thing once, or I read about this thing once and that could help me solve the problem. You know, I think that's probably the most important thing uh, for a junior developer. I think I have one more important thing I want to mention. Um, and this is something, and maybe it's just me. So, but I never just think of, you know, I'm building something in Laravel and I never just think that it ends with Laravel, right? There's so many different pieces. Um, and you know, I think if more developers treated, cause we're very much a service-based industry. So you're going to be using some service, Algolia or, you know, for search or elastic cash or, you know, whatever a database service, whatever to think about those pieces as part of the application, not just the PHP and the front end, right? Think about the whole thing. Um, because I feel like it's important to understand, you know, to say that that's all part of it. And I think a lot of people just ignore that. Oh, I'm just going to throw it on HostGator, which is fine, but understand what HostGator is and build your application to HostGator. Cause it's because HostGator, you know, your, your application itself, the core, and then, you know, the front end, all that is one thing. So w- without the other pieces, it, you know, it doesn't work. So I, th- I think that's, that's, I like this, important uh, thing I that's mention. a very good point. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for the topic. This was a great talk. Um, cool. Yeah. I thought it was fun. Yeah. Well, thank you everybody for listening and for joining us. Um, this has been code talk episode 16. Check us out online. We're on Twitter at at CodeTalkPodcast or online at CodeTalk.Simplecast.fm. Thank you. See you next time.